Hello, and welcome to Run the Table. We are back, officially back. How's everybody doing over it? How are you doing? <gasps> We're doing really good. Um, I'm happy to be back, of course. Um, I think it was a long, long, you know, what do we want to call that? Um, break, there you, you know, go. whatever you want to say. And we're back, and we're going to be better than ever. Absolutely. 22, 2020, 2022, new year, new podcast. It's the same podcast. New year, new us. <laughs> Are we different? No, absolutely not. I was going to say, did you change over the past month? Uh, I got further into my, further entrenched in my foot fetish, but, you know, that's Interesting. just, that's just oh, normal stuff. Is you it know. normal? And relatively, you know. It's I see celebrities with that sort of thing all the time. So you know, are you a celebrity? Celebrities are yes, celebrities are as normal as it gets. You know, Um, okay. So we're we're gonna do a a college football recap. It's been a month. There's been a lot that's happened. Uh, The crazy thing about it is, all the coaching stuff happened before the bowl games because. Teams make changes after week twelve. You know what I mean? They don't. And and yeah. what's crazy about the college football season is they do that whole bullshit month break thing, which we'll get into later. Um, and it just totally ruins like the timeline for you know college versus NFL. Yeah. So we're gonna start off recapping some bowl games. Obviously, there were a lot of bowl games. I think there's a, a there ended up playing. Oh, I think it was like thirty some, thirty six maybe. Mm. 37, something like that. Um, there was a couple that stood out. Uh, we won't really get into how the SEC kind of uh, sucked in their in their bowl season, but because but we will the teams that mattered won. We will talk about an SEC team that that was favored by six and a half points, or was it seven and a half? If you're talking about the team, I'm thinking of seven and a half. Seven and a half points, and let me just be frank with you. They weren't the better team. That's right. I'm talking about Tennessee and Purdue. Oh, the Music shit. City Bowl. I thought you were talking about something else. No. Um, I think it, it might have been seven and a half. Actually, it was. It was either six and a half or seven and a half. It, that number started actually. So it started minus two Tennessee. Purdue actually climbs up to minus three and a half. Purdue just by better. It's just betting on Purdue. Then Purdue has two different guys: David Bell, George Karloftis. Both will be either first round picks or. Top two round picks. Uh, George Karloftis will be a top ten pick. That's legit. Look it up on any mock draft, and um, and so those two guys declare for the NFL draft. They leave early, and that number goes all the way up to Tennessee minus seven and a half, eleven point difference. I don't know if I've ever seen that. You know, just by two guys declaring for the for the draft. I mean, that Ohio State game. We'll talk about that later, but that line moved like two points. Yeah. And so I mean. Just saying. Uh, so, so Purdue comes out. They're down. They're their top two players, offensive weapons, and Milton Wright and David yes. Bell. Yes, correct. And then obviously George Karloftis on the defensive end. Could Tennessee basically had their entire team? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee gets out to a 27, 21 to seven lead in that game. Um, they looked like the better team the most most of the first half, you know? And a couple of turnovers late in the first half. Purdue takes the lead. Tennessee comes storming back. Uh, I think they go up 8, 31-23. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was 38-30, I think. Uh, Purdue gets a big stop. Purdue goes on to win the game. Controversial finish, but man alive. It, one was, of the there best There was nothing games. controversial about it, in my opinion. Mm, I love that. Uh, one of the best games in the bowl season, forty-eight to forty-five overtime. 
Great game, great offenses, going head to head. Josh Heupel, I think, Heupel, he Heupel, um, he Uppel, whatever you want to say, versus Jeff Brom. It was bloody brilliant. It was uh, just a masterclass of offense. Breaking news. Uh oh, here we go. It is happening. Caleb Williams is going to USC. Wow, wow. Um, instant, instant reaction. Great for the USC program. Uh, brutal and devastating to Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry about it. Not, but um, big get for Lincoln Riley. Uh, That's a huge get. I understand it. Jackson Dart entered the, the port entered the portal about an hour ago. Mm. So that was kind of the hey, you're not going to be the starter here anymore, yeah. bud. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, uh, getting back to Purdue, Tennessee. So obviously, you mentioned the um, the controversial. It, well, there was nothing controversial about it. If your momentum is stopped for a second, you or or longer, and it was and for you, longer, you don't move. You you literally don't move an inch forward, and then you try to reach the ball. The play is blown dead after that time period where you do not move. Mm. It does not matter what happens after that, or if they blew the whistle late. If the ref deems your forward progress to be stopped, he will mark it down where he sees fit. Doesn't matter when the whistle came in. They yeah. they, they said it on the broadcast. And, and this was the, the frustrating thing is that anybody who watched that game and was listening to the broadcast, they said it like two plays later. Yeah. They said, oh, hey, here's why... Uh, they 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 ruled that instead of a touchdown. Exactly. It's like, come on, people, just use your noggin. It's how long are we supposed to keep this play going while he's just you know not moving there? Fifteen seconds, thirty seconds. I mean, what do people want? You know, I mean, they're trying to protect the players. You know, uh, there's an element to this, and it's like, hey, if you don't like the rule, that's tough, but that's the rule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, sorry, but. We won. <laughs> what are you yeah, going to do yeah. about it? Right, listen, if you wanted to win that game, don't give up 48 points. Exactly. Exactly. Come on. Um, play some, some semblance of defense. Yeah. it was, and, and honestly, like you said, we didn't even have our top two targets. So it was a great game for Aiden O'Connell. I think uh, Heisman watch. Just saying. I'm just saying. He he's, coming back? he's coming back for his sixth oh season. God. Next year, Heisman watch Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why not? Because he won't have David Bell... He, will he have Milton Wright? No, but will have, Will he have Payne Durham? Yeah, um, yes, I think. <laughs> oh, T.J. Sheffield. Okay, and he'll have. Um, so what? He's got T.J. Sheffield, Payne Durham, and and maybe and like Brock like, Brock Thompson is the was the fourth wide receiver transfer from Marshall. I think uh, he'll be a senior next year, and he is a really good player. So I'm not too concerned about because Purdue always recruits so well at wide receiver. We've got all of these guys, you know, on the bench that are super good players. And without David Bell and Milton right in that bowl game, we saw what he did. He threw for like yeah. 500 yards Listen, or something ridiculous. But it was Tennessee's defense. Yeah, Tennessee's defense is horrendous. Uh, speaking about defense, let's go to another game that didn't have any Utah Ohio State. Yeah, I was oh stunned. My God, by listen, Utah's ability to score. I mean, holy cow! When when you have a wide receiver go for three hundred and forty some yards, yeah, I mean, a single one receiver. Yeah, it was only one. And granted, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is go- is the best re- receiver in college football. Next year, yeah. without question, I don't really know who you would put Ronnie Bell, but yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Whoa! no. I, as much as I love Ronnie Bell, no, uh, I, not even close. Um, 
But yeah, Utah's defense was non-existent. Obviously, Ohio State's is always non-existent this year. Yeah, uh, consistently. Like the one game where they showed up was the Michigan State game. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And we were like, <laughs> "Whoa!" And then the very you know next week get was that the next mm-hmm. week? Two weeks mm-hmm. later, might have been. Might have been the very next week they get absolutely curb stomped yeah. by uh, the Men in Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen, this Utah team is going to be good. Uh, they found something with Cam Rising. Hopefully, I mean, he did get hurt, which is, I think, a reason why Utah ended up losing that game, uh, aside from the defense. But they found something with Cam Rising. They were, I think, 9-1 and one with him as their starter during the regular season, uh, won the Pac-12. It, dude's a special player. He, he's he's great at extending plays. He's he's quick. He's decisive. I don't know. I really like Utah. I think... Uh, I think they'll obviously have competition with USC now, but I think uh, Utah, USC. Oh wait, no, they're in the same uh, division, aren't they? Um, they might be. I think Utah's Pac-12 South. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, well then they're going to be the only two teams fighting for that <laughs> for the South because maybe God Oregon knows the South sucks. Oregon's in the North. No, I know. I mean, like maybe. Oh, okay. I said I thought you just meant like the only two no. teams Pac-12. No, you're I right. I think though. whoever comes out of the South wins. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's without even seeing a single <laughs> second of football next year. But um, that game was crazy. It was insane to watch one of the better Rose Bowls um, we've seen. Obviously, the Rose Bowl has a lot of great games, especially recently. Uh, the next game is Oklahoma How about State. Texas, USC. Exactly. Is that is it better? Than, no. no. Okay. What? Yeah. No, that was stupid. <laughs> uh, the next game is Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. That game was awesome. Marcus Freeman. Uh Great first half. I don't know really what happened in the second half. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State comes back down twenty-eight to seven. Right, yep. wins that game. Spencer Sanders um, and and crew. Uh, I don't know. I don't. This Oklahoma State team was kind of weird after losing the Big Twelve championship in the way they did, costing themselves a shot at the college yeah. football playoff. Just disappointing they couldn't win that game. You know, I know. But what, what are you going to do? It's Mike Gundy. Mm. Like he's not Mike Gundy's a great coach for. 10 games a year, 11 games a year. He has a couple games where it's like, what in the world? Yeah. And And the Iowa State game was one of them. I was like, wait. I think it was a, I think this shows, A, that this was definitely one of those Notre Dame teams that always, you know, 11 and 1, and then whenever they get to a bowl game, they get exposed. We saw during the Cincinnati game, and and people, you know, just because it was Cincinnati, didn't want to give credit to Cincinnati. But like, we knew this Notre Dame team wasn't good because of that game. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm just so glad that they didn't get put in the playoff. That would have been, would have been terrible. Like if Cincinnati had somehow lost to Houston, then we had to slip in Notre Dame and the four spot. I would have been pissed, but because um, that would have been a bloodbath. And it was kind of a bloodbath between you know Alabama and Cincinnati, but still, um, I think, yeah, I think it was a great showing from Oklahoma State. I still, oh, well, first of all, I was stunned that they were able to do it scoring that many points because the whole year it had been Oklahoma State defense, defense, defense. defense, defense. defense. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what the bowl season is all about. It's just kind of unexpected. You know, you get a whole bunch of crazy outcomes, and uh, I think that's still a big win for Oklahoma State. You know, you have a really disappointing finish in, in the Big 12 It was a great season. Game, it was a great season. You they won the Big 12. What, 12 or I mean, and, Win the big tw- or play in the Big Twelve championship yeah, game. There's not any divisions. Yeah, I was gonna say play win the big, and I was like, oh no, that's right. There's only ten teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know they won a bunch of games, won a Fiesta Bowl. That's big. That's big for that program. So we'll see. They're not gonna get like uh, Oklahoma State doesn't get transfers. Doesn't get these highly rated nope. recruits. Nope. They're just 
don't know. I, I like to compare them to Michigan State mm. in terms of they just get guys who are kind of overlooked um, and, and just want to prove themselves. It's kind of what they do. Um, let's get into the playoffs. Um, we'll start with Alabama, Cincinnati, and the Cotton Bowl. Uh, listen, it, you saw it. I mean, Cincinnati played well. They, they they played well. Alabama is just bigger, faster, and stronger. Yeah, it's there's not much Cincinnati could have done outside of a miracle to win that yeah. game. I mean, they played pretty damn good defensively. Yeah. Offensively, they just couldn't get anything going. The first drive they had, it was like, oh, maybe yeah. this will be a close game. It wasn't. I mean, I picked Cincinnati plus 13 and a half to cover. I was like, this is going to be a close game. I just underestimated how much better Alabama is than everybody else because of the talent they have. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. I think when you give Alabama a month to prepare and, you know, they get all these, you know, all the all the articles and the media and all this stuff talking about them and how, you know, especially after that Auburn game, it's like, oh, they're not that good, blah, 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 blah. You know, Coach Saban can give his boy some of that rat poison. <laughs> um, they're a tough team to beat. I, it's so hard. And we've seen it every single year pretty much. When was the last time Alabama lost a college football playoff game? I think it, it was, was 2014. Ohio State in a, in a semifinal. Well, in a semifinal. The, the last time I they lost a the college football playoff game would have been the national, national championship, championship to Clemson. But the only they they've made so they've been to seven, I think, college football playoffs. The one they didn't, they beat Michigan in the Outback Bowl or the Citrus Bowl, one of the two. Um, but they made it. They've made it every other year, and they haven't lost in the college football semifinal. <laughs> Besides 2014, the very first year they lost to Ohio State. It's unbelievable. And I think, you know, if if Alabama is ready to play and they have a month to prepare, they're just not losing. I think that's part of it. And I think, you know, Cincinnati, I hope this isn't one of those things where, like, the group of five gets, you know, discriminated against the rest of, you know, time. They shouldn't. Because, I mean, I don't think any other, like, what other school is out there that you're like, okay, if you put them, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, like if we see Notre Dame in that game, that game is a blowout. Maybe maybe Ohio State but, because they can score points. Yeah, but maybe, that game, I don't know. That game is probably, I mean, we saw Alabama's defense. Like, they had a month to prepare. They were, yeah. they looked it, good. It was, there was nothing Cincinnati could do that. That works. No, I mean they they were like moving the ball a little bit, but it was rare. And even if they did, it was shut down. Drives were shut down immediately. So Alabama's head and shoulders um, above a bunch of teams, especially when they get a month to prepare. I'm not going to say above Georgia because I don't know who I'm going to pick in that game. Um, just whoever you do not pick, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Alabama's fantastic, and it makes me it makes me hurt. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we were wrong about them after the Auburn game, and we get a and we we uh, said that. But you know, it's it's tough to say that we were wrong because at the time it, we were so right. Yeah, they weren't playing well, but they're <laughs> uh, let's insane. let's move on to the other side, uh, Michigan, Georgia. Ugh. I don't really know what else to say other than that was embarrassing to watch. Yeah, that was tough. Um. There's so much I could say about this game because I was so excited for it. I was so juiced for it. This was such a big game, and, you know, it completely, you know, disappointed me. It was immediate, too. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't It wasn't like, oh, let's let's hang around in the first half yeah. and then second. It was first drive. You could tell that we were fucked. Yeah, there were so many just negative plays for Michigan every single time. Like, there, like in the first quarter, if you count how many positive plays there were for Michigan, it was like three. Yeah. Something like it, that. It, we just could not. I don't know. <sighs> it, felt, it felt like, to me, 
that I Georgia is just, and this is crazy, bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. There was nothing we could do about it. N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, uh, their edge, Trey Walker, I think, or yeah. something Walker. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, nothing we did could have stopped or could have could have moved the ball. And the funny thing about it was we try. It seems like we kept trying to like move horizontally. Yeah. Against the team that was faster than us, I don't really know what you do to attack that other than what we saw in the second half, and that was put JJ McCarthy in. I think. I think from this game, what I saw was that Georgia completely did not care about that SEC championship game. I That's thought they would. It, feels, it, it but, feels like it feels like they sandbagged the SEC championship game to get two SEC champ or two SEC teams. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But like, if you watch that, you know, SEC championship game, and yes, I get it. Bryce Young was able to move around the pocket, and he was able to do that, and that was awesome for him. But Jordan Davis wasn't even getting penetration. Like if you watch that game, that was that was the best game Alabama has ever played, or Alabama's offensive line has has played this year. That was their they best shut game them by far. down. They shut them down. It's like I don't know how those guys and Alabama's offensive line it's was terrible. They, they was terrible. They literally, up until that point, they were literally the worst position group uh, they, for Alabama the entire year. And they shut Georgia's defensive line down, and I just totally felt confident because I was like, okay, why can't Michigan's offensive line do that? I think. Part of that is because Georgia's boys just were not hungry, and I think they saw. And I think it was kind of like a, the worst timing ever to play Georgia after they finally get exposed, they finally lose. It's yep. like they have an entire month to kind of just be like, "Okay, we lost." While Michigan's coming off of playing the best football of the year, they have to take a huge exactly. Break. They were they were playing their that three week stretch, if four even if you want to go into Penn State, was the best football they played all season. Exactly. And then you're and telling then you're them off a month. you got to wait an entire month to play, you know, one of the best teams in the country. Meanwhile, Georgia's kind of dragging ass a little bit. <laughs> if you look at the back half of their schedule, and, you know, they're just not playing well, lose to Alabama, humiliating fashion, and then they have a month to say, okay, what can we do to fix this and, you know, get back to being the best team in college football? And, of course, you know, beat the heck out of Michigan. Yeah. It was sad. Uh, you know, a lot of people are to blame. Um I think it's important to focus on the positives. I think it would have been a tough matchup regardless. Yeah, even no, if, it would have been. I mean, Georgia's that good, and I think I, I said this too earlier in the season. I've always said Michigan was the second-best team in college football, second-best, because I felt like Georgia was going to be a little bit of a difficult matchup for them. And uh, sure enough, they were. They The run game was pretty much inexistent in that one uh, for Michigan. It, it had been fantastic all year, but, I mean, when those big – Georgia was able to shut down the run with, you know, a nickel. And, yeah. you know, it was just like, okay, if they're able to do that, it's going to be a long game. And it was. So, it just extremely disappointing, but yeah, fantastic season. It, yeah, it was. Uh, the thing that I did notice, though, is that when you have a quarterback that's able to extend plays against Georgia, you have a shot. Mm. We didn't start moving the ball, and you know this could be because the game was kind of already out of hand. Michigan didn't start moving the ball until J.J. McCarthy got in and was, I mean, doing everything yes. in his possible to just not get sacked. Yes, because as good as Georgia's D-line is, and I said this, they're not that fast. They're not, because they play so many big boys up there. Jordan Davis is huge. You know, they're fast for their size. The funny thing about it is Jordan Davis 
plays usually like Nose 25 to 30 snaps oh, yeah. defensively. Yeah. And a, 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 an opposing team is going to run anywhere between 65 and, you mm. know, 80 plays. Yeah. And Jordan Davis is out there for maybe half of them. Because they have so many, they literally have five star guys coming out every single play. I mean, even, you know, when he isn't out there, it's another huge dude. Obviously, yeah. not as big as he is, but still, it's really, really frustrating to go against a team like that, especially when your identity is, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to go right up the middle. <laughs> could not run the ball. Could not move Couldn't it. do it. So it was extremely yeah. frustrating. What and, can you do? And this, is, this is the separation between the top of the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, and everybody else. Yeah. You saw what Michigan was able to do to every other team with their offensive line. Mm. I mean, they just could not get any any movement at all up front. Yeah. It was I think there was there was one run. It was a Donovan Edwards run where I was like, "Okay, there we go." Yeah. And then after that it was and we couldn't do anything. I thought a Michigan could have beaten Georgia. I thought I was like this could change the game of college football. I mean, we could see I I felt like Michigan could be the Virginia of college basketball. <laughs> they don't necessarily get a bunch yeah. of five-star recruits. They're just going to keep their guys and it's going to be senior-led teams that go all the way to the finish line because they play really disciplined and fundamental, you know, football and it didn't happen. And uh, it's <laughs> so it's like nope, it's just going to be more Georgias and Alabama. So, and, let's talk about it. Georgia, Alabama, SEC Championship Part 2, and I said, this was totally unintentional, I said like halfway through the season when Alabama was still number one, I said, you know what, why don't we just make this a three-game series? The SEC Championship, (laughs) the National Championship, and then a third neutral site game. Yeah. I was like, why don't we just do that? Or, you know, a regular season game would have been fun. And lo and behold, here we are, Georgia-Alabama, Part 2. Uh, Alabama, obviously, only reason they're here is because they beat Georgia the first time around. Uh, Georgia's got a redemption shot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with this game. Um, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, so Georgia looks terrible in that SEC championship game, which was just two games ago. Yeah. I mean, like it's crazy to think about that, but it feels like forever ago. It really was just a couple of games ago. So um, they absolutely got dominated especially that D-line that was everyone made so much noise about, they got overpowered. Um, I thought that, you know, I was a little bit surprised with how well they were able to move the ball. They put up 24 points in that game, and it wasn't garbage time points. That game yeah. was, you know, like, I think it was like 31-24. I don't know. It was it was somewhat close going into the fourth quarter, but uh, Alabama obviously was able to pull away with a pick six and made that thing 41-24, to and it was... Uh, kind of a blowout, but um, Georgia was able to move the ball. The problem was Alabama consistently was able to evade pressure or just stop it altogether with their own line, which stunned me because Alabama's own line had been pathetic yep. going into that game, almost losing to Auburn. So um, if if Georgia can't, A, find a solution to Bryce Young and containing him and keeping him in the pocket and you know continue to get pressure, I think Alabama's going to win again. But we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I just I think it's I think this one's going to be tough because you can't you can't rely on John Mechie if you're Bryce Young, who was that that uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for safety safety valve yeah the safety valve he, he, you could always count on him um, to make the the short five you know, ten yard exactly. Need a big play. So you, you weren't really able to double Jamison Williams because mm. you had to respect John Mechie. But without John Mechie, 
Georgia can double Jamison Williams, and then who is Alabama's next receiving threat? They probably got some four-star who's probably really good. I mean, Slay Bolden. Bolden, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, what I think Georgia's going to do is tell Brian Robinson, hey, beat us. Yeah. And he, he actually ran the ball really well against yeah. them the first time. Um, they ran the ball well against Cincinnati. I don't know. I Listen, I, I think Georgia is the more talented team. I really do. But some there's something to be said about Kirby Smart not being able to to get it done over Nick Saban. Mm. I, I, I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah. But Georgia has had the lead in every single game they've played. I think it's four of them now. Every single game they've played, Georgia has led majority of the games and they've lost every single one. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh who's your prediction? Who are you going with? I think the spread is two and a half. I'm going with Georgia. Let's see. Let's see. I need some elevator music. Oh, Georgia is two and a half. Moog Cookbook does some good... Um, Elevator music, if you want to check that Georgia's out. Georgia's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and yep. I've been going back and forth on this, I don't know, for for the entire week. It's been the same thought processes. Can Kirby Smart get it done against Alabama? I, I don't know. Georgia is the better team, but Georgia hasn't been able to beat Alabama. Yeah. Because I, and listen, if I didn't see this earlier in the season, I probably wouldn't do this. But because I watched Michigan football absolutely dominate Ohio State mm. and they broke the streak, I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah. I just think that they're the better team. They're, they're more talented. They have more depth. I feel, like, I feel like Brock Bowers is going to be a much bigger factor in the offense this time around. I think having George Pickens back is huge. I think Stetson Bennett gets it done, and I think this defense plays a lot better than, than they did the first time. I don't know, but I can very well see a world in which Kirby Smart comes out and, and the Georgia the, boys lay an egg. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see that Alabama wins by fifteen again. Yeah, like I can see that happening, yeah. and that's why this game is so hard to predict. It's like I don't know. I feel like I feel like Vegas knows something. This line <laughs> is only two and a half. Last time they played, it was six and a half. Yeah, yeah. Have the last two games really changed Vegas's mind four points? Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Who knows? Um, it'll be a fun game, though. Uh, I, I'm going to hate it. I don't want to watch I it. I don't want to watch it either. It's two I don't SEC think, I don't think many people want to watch and, it. You know, people complain about it. Honestly, my biggest fear is, and I, and I think I know this in my heart of hearts, I talk about you know expansion so much, and we'll get into that. Um, my biggest fear is... Even if we did expand, Georgia and Bama well, would end up it in the finals matter. anyway. We'll talk about it more, but that shouldn't be a fear. Shouldn't be a factor into the decision making. No. Maybe not. And I still think expansion is, you know, ethically the right decision to make. I think it makes the game a million times better. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like if we're changing it just because Georgia and Alabama are in the national championship, that's not why we should be changing it. They are the two best teams in college football, and it's not close. The whole point, the whole, you know what? We'll just end it there, and we'll get. We'll into take it a, a break. Bit. But people, you want to listen into this next segment? We're getting into a really interesting topic. So, 
What we've been witnessing with the college bowl season as of late is guys who are projected to go in the draft. And it, it, it doesn't even have to be first round. Mm. Guys who are projected to go in the third or fourth yes. round will opt out of their game and no. decide to, I don't know, uh, they say prepare for the NFL draft, but really what they're doing is avoiding injury, mm. if we're being honest. Um, a great example of this is if you look at the pit. Michigan State game, Pitt was out, Kenny Pickett, and um, Kenneth Walker didn't play for MSU. Tickets were selling for $12. Yeah. At a at a New Year's Six Bowl game, you could get a ticket for $6. Yeah. And that's because who wanted to watch Peyton Thorne versus the third-string backup quarterback for Pitt? Exactly. If people wanted to see, should should have been Heisman finalist Kenneth Walker and Heisman finalist Kenny Pickett. That's what people wanted to see. Yeah. Instead, oh, and Belintikoff, Belintikoff winner. I, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but pit, pit wide receiver Belintikoff winner. Okay, people? <laughs> um, the, the point is... We don't know his name, but we want to see him. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I wanted to see Kenny Pickett. Um, the point is, is that more and more we're seeing players just decide that the bowl games aren't worth playing in. Yeah. And you know what? I get it. Uh, what is what is a bowl of peaches? Like yeah. what does that what does that mean to you? <laughs> I, I it probably wouldn't mean that much to me either. The the difference with I play in it. I'll tell you that much. The difference much. with me is if if I went to to Michigan and I played I played for for U of M and we were in the Citrus Bowl. I can tell you I wouldn't opt out. Yeah. Even if I even if I um, that's not even your Six Bowl. Exactly. Even if even if I had the opportunity to go to the NFL. Uh, and I was, you know, a projected first round pick. I, I wouldn't opt out because I simply it was my it was my childhood dream to play for Michigan. And a lot of these guys don't see it that way anymore. And that's not it's not a bad thing. Listen, I think that with NIL stuff, you you, you have to look at it like a business. Mm. It's not eh, college football is straying away from the tradition aspect of it. Yeah, it's not about you know who who these big brands are. What it's about is. Will you get the chance to either A, showcase your talents, yep, or B, make a bunch of money while you're 18 to 22 years old and you're set for life? Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. There's really not this, oh, this was my favorite team growing up. Let me go here. Yeah. There's none of that anymore. Mm-mm. Well, I'll say real quickly about now. I told you this yesterday, and I think this is really important. I was a huge advocate for NIL. I did like a thousand school projects. I'm sure we all did on how important it was to have name, image, and likeness. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. He's a big hero of mine. I did a huge research paper on why, you know, uh, college athletes should be paid or, you know, uh, have name, image, and likeness, uh, you know, possibilities because of my affinity for, you know, Sammy Watkins. So I was a huge advocate for this, but... Is this perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, you said this yesterday. It's not a great idea to be given eighteen-year-olds. Well, well, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So much money, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's ethically more fair to do this, and I think that's because what I think is going to happen. Because uh, if you look at it this way, and I, I'm I'm going to make the jump uh, because I feel like it, it ties so well into what we're talking about here, uh, Texas A&M. Has signed twenty eight players to their their early signing class. Yes, their early signing class. They have twenty eight guys. Each of them is going to make 
250 grand over four years when they're at Texas A&M. It's a $7 million paycheck. IQ, <laughs> sir, I'm filling out right there. $7 million. What? 250000 times 28, that's $7 million. Yeah, but that's that. per year. So you say yeah. four years. Yeah. They're twenty eight million. They're paying. They're paying around thirty million. They mm. they've written do, the donors and yes. the boosters have written checks for. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I guess if you're really willing to to pay that much money, the problem is, is and you and you and you alluded to this. You're giving an eighteen year old two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Mm. Why? Listen, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. At, at 18 years old, I, which was tw- two years ago, yeah. it wasn't that long ago, I would say that I had a, a better financial knowledge than most because my high school offered a financial management class. So I was able to learn about some of this stuff. Um, a lot of these kids don't have that opportunity because yeah. their, their, their school district sucks. Exactly. And so they don't know about this stuff. They come from a home that, that doesn't, you know that their 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 mom or dad is working one or two jobs exactly each and they're just trying to get by these people don't know about money so you would hope that with that money they would help their parents first mm. and it, it's just tough when you're 18 years old and you want to go out and buy all the stuff that makes you look cool yeah exactly i saw um a feature on uh, the arizona state um what do you call that point shaving scandal uh college basketball mm, yeah and the you know kid was getting a bunch of money because he was point shaving and you know from the big betters out there in vegas because they're like hey you're doing a great job keep shaving points you'll keep getting paid first thing he bought was you know i gotta make myself look cool got a diamond earring you know exactly. all this stuff and it's like first off it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter that that's what they want to do with their money. It's their money, and that's fine. And they should be continuing to get this money. The problem is is that nobody it's, is teaching them exactly how to spend their money. If you put 200... So you stay at Texas A&M one year, you're getting 250 grand. I don't know how much of it is taxed. I don't know I don't know really yeah, how much of it is. We don't know how, what this is. If they just put... So th- this was on a Reddit message board. I don't know if this is true. It's someone who has an inside source yep. uh, with Texas A&M. If you put two hundred and fifty grand in a Roth IRA, I don't know if you can uh, just on your lonesome, but if you just do that, you will be a, a millionaire uh, probably eight, ten times over mm. when you when you're what maybe fifty five years old. Yeah, I I can go I can go look at a calculator and see. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that one year at Texas A&M for some of these guys is going to be enough to set them up with near generational wealth, mm. which is what you want. The only problem is, is now you have 28 guys who you're paying 250 grand. Yeah. So Texas A&M has decided that, okay, you're going to get 250 grand for every year you stay at Texas A&M. These 28 guys aren't going to all play. Exactly. You have guys doubling up on positions. You can only have 11 guys out on the field at once and, and on both sides of the ball, that means you get twenty two guys. Someone's getting yeah. you're playing a special, a paying a special teamer, yeah. two hundred fifty grand for what? Mm. A guy leaves, he no longer has access. He no longer gets paid. Yep. So, so what you might see is that a lot of these guys realize that hey, I'm not getting any playing time here. Sure, the money is nice, but if I want to go to the NFL, I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. I'm not getting exposure here. So they leave. The Texas A&M boosters are like, okay. So 250 didn't work out. Let's try spending maybe 100. And it's going to keep decreasing because they're not willing to make a financial investment that big on kids who are going to leave. Yeah. 
And then maybe you start getting into a situation where some guys are getting paid way more than others. And then how how does that sit with some of the kids? You exactly. Know what, I mean? what if you a guy like Quinn Ewers? What if Texas A and M is like we have to get Quinn Ewers, and they're willing out they're willing to dish out five hundred grand a year? You know, you're trying to tell your guys we're all in this together. Play for your team. Don't play for yourself. It's like. That guy's getting paid a you know a million dollars a year. Yeah. What do you mean we're all in this together? No, we're not. He's getting the you know he's getting. I'm getting the shortest stick. This is ridiculous. So I you know it's a difficult situation. It's not perfect. I think it's much better than the old system because you know these players who are beloved by millions of fans all across the country deserve to get some you know um, recognition for their hard work. But at the end of the day, it's it's a uh, it's not a perfect system now. Um, it's literally one extreme or the other. Um, and I'll touch back on opt-outs. I think, you know, like people will say, Jesus, fuck. People will say these kids don't owe the programs anything. You know, they don't, and they absolutely do not. Um, do I think, you know, like Kirk Herbstreet said, he would love to see these guys, you know, play, made some, you know, comments that people didn't like. (laughs) It's like, I think he knows those kids have every right to do whatever they want, and he's fine with that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not good for college football. I mean, There's absolutely for, not, no. you know, the Rose Bowl or, or even the Peach Bowl, you know, we're having all these kids, you know, marquee athletes not even play for their teams. Like, it's not good Just for even 10 football. years ago, And I that tell shouldn't you, be controversial for me to, you know, you know, put that out there, that that's yeah, really no, bad for college 10 football. 10 years ago, I'd tell you you're playing in a Rose Bowl, and then you'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. What? It's crazy. What? It's absolutely crazy. It, it, to me, it just doesn't make it. To me, it doesn't make sense. I get why they do it. I wouldn't. I, I can't imagine ever doing that. Mm. Maybe that's because I come from a different background, and and money isn't the reason why I'd be playing. Okay. Some of these guys, you know, they're playing because they see it as a way out. They see it as a way to uh, establish a family, and it's the best goal. But here, if you get two hundred fifty at eighteen years old. By fifty, and you just invest that into a an S and S and P five hundred uh, mutual fund. Your two hundred fifty grand. You, you just invest that. You get ten percent yearly, a ten percent yearly return. By age fifty five, you will have nine point nine million dollars. That is a lot of money. I mean, and that's one year. Yeah. So so imagine you get that, and then. The next year you get two fifty, you do that again. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you stay two more years, and then you have another five hundred grand that you can go out and start your life with. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a crazy system. I mean, we're going off. You know, uh, it's it's literally the exact opposite of what what we once were. And you can't find a happy medium. You it's, can't. It'll it'll eventually. So many schools are competing against each it'll other. It'll find then. it'll find its level eventually. I just don't know when. I hope so. <laughs> I just don't know when. But this brings up the question and, and the solution that we've come up with. We think we've come up with. Mm. You know, people always talk about a playoff expansion. It's like, yeah, playoff expansion is great. This this doesn't, you know, fix our problem with, you know, kids getting paid millions. No, well, that we don't. Well, and and that's not and that's not necessarily a problem, by the way. It's just, you know. They need the proper scary, education. You know? They need the proper education before before you hand an 18-year-old 250 yeah. grand. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, even me, even me. If even I would say 20 years old. Grand, I am 19, but uh, 19. But um, get your age up. If you if you gave me two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I don't think I'd spend it in all the right places. I absolutely do not. Do not. So I don't know. You know if 
if even I was able to, you know, spend that money. So it, it's a difficult. No, thing. The, this this isn't for the the NIL stuff. No, but listen, NIL is a good thing. It, it is. It allows it allows players that wouldn't have been able to see financial benefit from playing in college. Sam Ellinger, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It allows those guys to to realize that potential because you know you got your guys like you know your your um. All your Texas A&M players, like those your, guys, are going to get paid millions. Your, millions. They're going to get paid millions of dollars when they make the NFL. Yep, that's not really the issue. The issue was is that a guy who's um, maybe a sixth year or fifth year senior, some at like uh, let's say let's say Ohio University, mm. fifth year senior, he's not able to make any money, yeah. and he's just spent five years getting a degree for what? Yeah, I mean, what you get some free college, that's great, but like. The, the the university is making you know however much money because you decided to play there exactly uh, so it's it's good to see that those players are able to make it yep. but the, this this playoff expansion is hopeful would hopefully solve the opt out but Kirk Herbstreit brought up a great point is that why stop at a game yeah why not make it the whole season yeah exactly if you're a guy like Jamar Chase we saw Micah Parsons Penny Sewell those guys all decided that hey COVID year we don't need to play yeah. They all went in the top 12 picks. Yes. 11 picks. Yep. I mean, what what is stopping a guy like Will Anderson? Like, why would he yes. play next year? Good point. From next year. Or even Bryce Young. Why would they play? Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your answer is, or if your reasoning why is because I don't want to get hurt, why, why play? play at all? Exactly. Uh, you saw what happened to Tua. Yeah. Uh, you could have completely avoid that. Exactly. And if it's, oh, well, because we want to chase after a national championship, then maybe this helps. If, the, if the reasoning is, okay, well, we want to play for a national championship, the bowl games don't matter, this is this is our solution to fix this problem. Should we yeah. introduce it? Okay. Um, long time ago, I listened to uh, you know a YouTube video from Mike Leach. He said uh, 64 teams was the way to go. 64-team uh, coach football playoff. I loved it. I thought this is a fantastic idea. Uh, worked it out. You know, we kind of worked with it. I thought, eh, 64, don't love it. Well, because the, prob- the problem with 64 is then you're like... Half half the teams get in. Exactly. And I don't like... Like, the NBA does that, and I hate that. So, because uh, then you get into teams who are literally below 500. Yeah. Some years will get in. You know, you'll have a 5-7 and seven team playing against... And nobody wants that. So... Um, I think you have to reward the regular season at least a bit, kind of like the NFL does, where it's, I think it's more, it used to be like a 25% thing, now it's a 40% thing. I'm of the school of thought that, you know, you need to reward regular season, you know, as much as you can while being similar to other leagues. I think 25% is a perfect area for that. We have 128 or 130 130, teams. If you do 25% of that, it roughly translates to 32 teams. 32 is also, you know, a direct power of two. So you go two, four, eight, 16, 32. Thank you for explaining that yeah. to everybody. Math. <laughs> so uh, no team gets a buy. You get all this stuff. Um, it's just, that's that's the reason behind, you know, the, the direct number. That's why it's 32, not 33, not 34, not 31. Mm-hmm. So 32 because... Good even number, no team gets a buy, uh, 25% of teams. It's just a good area, and that way you're playing five extra games for the winning team. Uh, not too much, but uh, I think certainly doable. 
that's how this, you know, kind of surfaced. I brought this up to yeah. you probably a month ago. Uh, you were cold on it at first, of course. Yeah. Most people are when I introduce it. I think it's, you know, kind of a crazy, crazy thought. 32 is such an extreme uh, number, but um, we worked it out. We talked about it. Uh, Cedric, who was on this podcast earlier, talked about it with us. And yes, we think... Uh, we, you know, we did it like this year, how, how this year would affect, you know, the uh, college football playoff. And it would turn into, um, in our opinion, a very exciting finish to the college football season. And yes, 32 is a crazy number. And everyone thinks, whoa, 4 to 32, that's crazy. You can never do it. It makes some sense. And also, let me let me say this really quickly. I know, I understand. It's extremely unrealistic in the sense that, you know, college football playoff wouldn't go for it. You know, college football teams probably wouldn't go for it. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just saying this would make the very best college football, you know, postseason tournament. This would be the very best option, in my opinion. I don't care if teams wouldn't go for it or some teams wouldn't like it. In my opinion, this is the best way to go. And, and I, you know, I agree with that. I really do. I just, you know, I like to reward the, the higher-seeded teams by giving them buys, but we worked it out. There's just no real good way to do that. Mm. We, we we tried looking at, you know, some other uh, uh, powers uh, or, you know, participating teams. Yeah, numbers. And, and it's just, you maybe go, uh, I'm trying to work it out again because I think I the number I settled on was, yeah, you go to 28, you get the top four by, but at the same time, it's like, why? Mm. Now, why would you do that for for 20 or for you have, what, 24, 24 teams? other teams competing, yeah. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but like, at the same time, it's like you want to reward being the best. Yeah. Because it's like... Okay with that. Because like the people... The people who, who who are against expansion say, well, now regular season games don't matter or the, the championship games don't matter because they're going to make it regardless. And so the way you would fight that is by being like, okay, well, let's just say, you know, the top however many teams get a buy. And we also did the first couple of games are at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm giving a buy, you know, in between conference championship and, uh, you know, um, and the first game of the... And let me ask people this. So Georgia lost that Alabama game in the SEC championship. First, let me ask... Do we really think Georgia was playing their hearts out? I don't think so. And number two, we knew they were getting in even if they lose that game. Why wouldn't they just rest their starters? Why didn't exactly. they just rest their starters? So I think I think teams do still find you know uh, important. And all, and how about this? Um, what's his name? Uh, quarterback for Pitt, uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett doesn't play in the Peach Bowl, plays in the ACC championship game, even though Pitt has no chance to make the national championship. Why does exactly. he do that? Because he still finds purpose and reason in that championship game, even if teams know, hey, listen, this game doesn't extremely impact us you know, in a, a national championship sense. Uh, that's why we saw Georgia still play their starters, and that's why we saw you know players who knew that this game is just kind of like a last sort of thing, last sort mm-hmm. of deal, still playing it. So I think teams will find importance in that conference championship regardless of how it affects their seating. And uh, I think they'll still want to win their conference because it's nice to have that banner up. It's nice to you know feel like, oh, this is really important. So I think it's interesting, but um, I would give a bye in between the conference championship and conference championships and the uh, first round of the college football playoff. So if you would sit starters, then you're giving your guys two weeks off. That doesn't make a lot of sense. 
that, in my opinion, only leads to rust. I mean, we saw in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers played in the first half after getting a bye. So, like, you know, he like even though the Packers had locked in the one seed, he was still playing in that game. Yeah. So, in my opinion, it would make a lot of sense uh, to play uh, in those conference championship games unless you want to give your starters two weeks, which if so, fine. Um, and I think you could also do a scenario where – uh, you know, all conference championships get home games. We talked about that. I don't think, you know, that was the route we wanted to do. So that way, you know, NIU wouldn't be hosting playoff game. That would Here be we weird. go. I found it. I found the first round matchups we get. Okay, where is it? Hey, yo, Mike just walked in. Oh, hey, Mike. He's looking cool. Oh, uh, cripe. I, I didn't put the round one, but <laughs> round two matchups we'd get Georgia, Iowa, Baylor Ole Miss, and we did this before, what, we did this before conference championships, we did, right? I think it was Georgia NIU, right? Iowa Utsa, maybe? We had Michigan, Michigan State play, BYU, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Oregon, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Clemson, Wisconsin, Cincinnati. So you get, you get a lot of games that are interesting you probably wouldn't see otherwise, uh, so why not? Why not? Um, you get a ton of fun games. That's part of this. Uh, I think you could. I think you could do a couple of different things with the bowl games. I talked about how college basketball they have an extra tournament for teams who just missed the playoff. You could do that with bowl games. I wouldn't like to see you know a bunch of you know like seven and five teams playing the Rose Bowl. But you could do that, or you can make the Rose Bowl, you know, the quarterfinals yeah. or the, you know, the semifinals. And then the national championship is the national championship, before, of course. And you could do other bowl games in the semi quarterfinals. So yeah. you could do a bunch of different things there. And then uh, you could do an extra kind of maybe a little tournament, eight team tournament for the teams who just missed, yeah. like the NIT. Or you could just do a bunch of bowl games for those teams so that every team, you know, gets an extra game there. Um, how would I do it? I would do Mike turned on his PlayStation. What a numb nuts. Literally such a numb <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank God he's so cute. Sorry. Um so but yeah. Uh what where was he going with this? Mike totally lost my turn of thought. It's okay. It's all on Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um I do think that if you don't like thirty two, you should be open to at least a twenty four. Mm. Like twenty four you you get your first round buys. Um, for eight teams at that point, which is a third of the of the field yeah. that would that would make it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't it, like buys, and I think sports is kind of moving away from buys. Like the NFL, we only have one first round buy. Yeah, but they're not going to expand again. What do you mean the NFL? No, gonna have I, I don't one think buy. they should. Um, but because uh, then you you introduce half the teams getting in. I don't like that. Um, NBA. No buys, you know, NHL, no buys. So yeah. I, I think I, I'm not a buy guy. I think every team should play. I, think, I just think for football, it just, you know, it feels good. We don't have a buy now. We, we never had a buy, actually. In the well, we do football. in the NFL, right? Why We've we got one buy. We have one buy. Okay, Two buys. Here's what's going to happen. Sure. They're going to make it 12, and then you're going to get buys. Yeah, and then so probably. Open, and then it opens it up to make, make it 24. Teams play. And listen, if you're that much better than everybody, you're rushing your starters, prove it in the first-round matchup against, I don't know, who would Georgia play? Like, Utsa or NIU? Yeah. Come on. God forbid you play NIU. It's you Georgia. Know, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with that, is that if, if you take it down to 24, you don't have to see Georgia beat the ever-living shit out of yeah. UTSA. Yeah. Um. Whoa. 
First off, I can't believe you just went after your UTSA. I, well, you saw you saw them in, against the San, against San Diego State. It's the exact same argument with college basketball, and I'll make it here. Okay, first no, off, uh-uh. college basketball and college football are completely okay, different. Okay, maybe. How about this? College basketball, there's only been one upset ever for the one seats because they always kick the shit out of them. People still watch those games. I'm still going to watch those games. That's and let me make this argument. Cincinnati would be the f- one of the four seeds. They would be the fourth one seed. They would play a team like, I don't know, Houston round one. or Who you know, dominated. That's true. Eh, it was like a 15-point game. They dominated them. They would play a team like Tulsa, maybe. Remember that game? Well, they wouldn't it, play Tulsa. No, Tulsa they wouldn't. Tulsa like wouldn't even make the tournament. So year. my point is this: that game could be close. Uh, no, but my point, my point is, is that it could. It, it, it's about player safety when you're talking about Georgia UTSA. You see what happens yeah, when? Come on. Uh, you see what happens when they when they play these FCS teams or or they have their tune up week against like New Mexico State. It's it is clearly a mm-hmm. a mismatch in terms so give them so, the buy and then if if utsa were to win their first round game okay then then they can get beat up but. so then you could do this if you're not a big fan of the of the utsa's and i use i wouldn't actually have a huge objection to this is that you just you don't have do the conference tournaments and and then you would have a situation like you know georgia tennessee and we saw that game it's like that, game that was, was bad too it was it was a blowout but it's like that game, it's not like players were getting hurt and it was like embarrassing. You know what I mean? So I get it. I get it. Um, but and I just I'll say this: Georgia, Michigan was a blowout too. Yeah, you know I, and that I, was that was I know, the system but, we have now. But those guys, but those guys are a little more prepared to take the beating from Georgia than NIU is. Yeah, that's that's, true. that's my whole point. Um, and then you could eliminate that. So we had it as conference champions. Yeah, uh, autumn bits, which is why um, NIU got in. NIU got in. Um, and you can debate that and argue against that, and that's fine. Just because I think it's important because the conference champions, the, each conference will want it, they won't want and there will be, you know, jabronis on Twitter yeah. screaming their heads off, why isn't NIU making it? They want to go over there. They were undefeated. Shut up, you know, and that's something you would say, by the way. They what? were undefeated. Utsa deserves a chance. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, okay, you fine. Were, you were, just put them in. You were putting respect on their name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting respect on their name, but they can't even play on the same football field as Georgia without it being a, you know, national safety hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, so I think it would be a really fun system. I think it works. Uh, you could, all the bowl games would have meaning again. Uh, 32. It's like, why not? You know, that's, that's the whole point about this. Yeah. It's 10 times more fun. And logistically, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, FCS does it. It's yeah. not they that. They do 24. Or okay. no, they, they do 24, 28. I think they did 28 because I saw some teams that were like not even ranked in their like top 25 or something like that make their tournament. So um, maybe that was like auto bids. I don't know. But uh, the point is this. It's, it, it's been done before. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like people, you know, don't act like it's, whoa, 32. It, you can do it. You can logistically you do can. it. Um, is it better for the game? I think anything's better than what we got now. Because at the end of the day, if the two teams are going to end up making it anyway. Let's have some fun before mm. we get there. Exactly. Let's have some games that matter yes. and give some more teams a chance. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I think it would be like... Like, when I was watching that Purdue-Tennessee game, I was like, this is great, but 
like now what? You exactly. know, and I there's, think that's why no, there was nothing really behind it. Exactly. I think that's why like Kenny Pickett like maybe that's why he doesn't also, play the Peach Bowl. Also, like, we won the Peach Bowl. You need to let okay, people what? know that you're going to shrink the schedule too. Play 10 oh, games. Oh, yes. Um my plan, I shrink the schedule to 10 games cuz everyone's oh my god, these players they can't play 17 games like they're going to do in the NFL cuz god forbid. Um Okay, fine. I'll make it 10 games a regular season. And then you play five. And then I play 11. Remember the 11th game? Oh, that's right, yeah. I do an 11th game where I have one play two, three play four, five play six, seven play eight. And the conference play 10. And the conference. So your conference standings. So the first place team plays the second place team. Fuck divisions, by the way. Screw divisions. One place two, three place four, five place six, seven place eight, nine place ten. This is your extra game. Every could, team gets an extra game. Could, Every could team there, plays con- uh, conference championship week. Could there be a scenario where six jumps four in terms of like being make, maybe having a shot at making it into the <laughs> because because they yeah. had to play a tougher team, maybe or because they played an, an easier team. I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I would do. I think, what did I want to do? I wanted to do two conference or uh, non-conference games or three? Two or three. You said three because yeah, I then like you, three. Play, you play seven, seven conference eight. games. Plus the one, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so three, and then you would do it like, okay, this team has to play that team. Like That's how I would do didn't it. Didn't you say, yeah, didn't you say what it was like? Big Ten champion has to play SEC Exactly, champion. yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's kind it. of a rough outline. It's never going to, it's never going to get there. Oh. We would like it to. We would I, like to see it. I think this is uh, the best college football playoff scenario I've seen. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the 12 is the next step, and I don't know if it goes past 12 because you got your snobs that don't want uh, unworthy teams. And who are we to deem unworthy? You know, also, you can make also a- we have to do away with the committee. Yes. Because yes. because I can't deal with Mississippi State being in uh, in the top twenty five. If we were to do yes. this, being one of the thirty two teams, but they're clearly not. Mm. We just need designated uh, criteria. That's all we need. Is that yes? Too much but is it's that's a little hard to be like decide oh, yeah. what the criteria is. Yeah, fine. You could have a computer system. I do think, whatever. I you think want. you have to have a computer system, and then so you have computer system. And then you have a committee of some sorts. You compare the two, and then you have like some final like ranking system. Mm, okay. I think that's how you do it. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this 32 playoff team idea. It's a it's a loaded loaded idea. Yeah. Uh, it's really important. We'll get into conferences too, probably later on. But uh, we think this is the best way to go. Um, and I think you know, like everyone says, 12. That's fine. It doesn't it doesn't get me excited like 32 does. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, we got, we're going to talk transfers next. We know it's kind of a long episode, but we had a lot to recap. I wanted to introduce that idea. So stick around, uh, for the transfers. Big news. We started off, uh, I think it was like five minutes into the podcast. Caleb Williams, uh, makes the move from OU to USC. Um, yep. that's the big one, the big transfer. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest transfer of the, of the off season yeah. so far makes the move to follow his coach. He was a Heisman candidate until like week nine or week 10. Um, then you have Osiris Torrance who is following Billy Napier from Lafayette to, or I guess Louisiana to Florida along with Cameron Waits, two offensive linemen going from Louisiana following Billy Napier to Florida. I think those are pretty big gets for Billy Napier because Florida has had some troubles just in general, keeping players around. Brendan Rice, I just thought this was interesting. Jerry Rice's son is transferring from Colorado. He doesn't have big time stats. He's got like I think he had like three hundred and twenty two yards and three touchdowns this year. Okay. 
I just think because of the name, you could find him in an interesting spot. Yeah. Um, he wasn't getting much PT over at Colorado. Colorado's not that good. Seven Hawaii starters. Jeez. So the thing with this this Hawaii thing is their coach is an absolute asshole. Mm. He is the biggest asshole you could. His son is transferring away, <laughs> and and he had he had issues at Pitt. He's had issues everywhere he's been. Who is this? Is uh, something Graham? Graham Harrell. That might be it. Yeah. I was watching uh, Hawaii for Todd Graham. State. Oh, Todd, Todd Graham. Graham. Oh yeah, this that was the Arizona State guy, right? He was he's an absolute asshole. Everybody wants him gone. He's not a good coach. One, they, their win loss record is terrible. The AD will not buy out his contract. Wow! And so times are tough. So they're in Honolulu. So you take these players are like, no, we're gone, we're gone. It has gotten to the point where the state senate is getting involved. <gasps> that's that's how bad this is. Jeez Louise! Yeah, seven Hawaii starters. And listen, Hawaii wasn't a great team. Uh, they were okay, I should say. They went six and seven. Yeah. They were going to play in a bowl game. They always get that extra game because they have to travel so much, so it makes up for travel expenses. They mm. get an extra home game, so that's why they were six and seven. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for football next year. I yeah. I don't know how they keep players. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Brandon Joseph, who was the best cornerback in the transfer portal. Um, transfers from Northwestern. Marcus Freeman gets a huge get. He's going to Notre Dame. Um, listen, uh, this guy is smart enough to be at Northwestern and Notre Dame, and he's a hell of a good football player, too. Mm-hmm. He'll go to the NFL. Um, I don't even know if we talked about Marcus Freeman, speaking of which. We didn't? I hire. thought we did. I don't know if we did, but that is a great hire. We both like it. Um, Terrell Bynum, uh, another wide receiver that, that that could be interesting. He's 6'1", 190. He's going from UW to USC. Lincoln Riley gets a uh, what seems to be a playmaker. He didn't put up huge stats at UW, uh, but I think that you know if you see a guy go to USC following Lincoln Riley, you better be on the lookout. UW for is it. University of Wisconsin. No, Washington. Yeah, didn't know that. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor Bazelek is going from he's the Mizzou starting quarterback this year, and then Telly got benched is going from Missouri to Iowa or Iowa Indiana, Indiana University. I, I went to say IU, and then I said I was going to say, and then it just all. Uh, he's going to IU. Uh, that'll be interesting. He's taking over for Michael Penix, who is going from IU to University of Washington. Oh, but that I didn't know that. Didn't really understand the move at the time. I still don't understand the move. I, 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 I maybe he know. just doesn't like Tom Allen anymore. I don't know. Maybe they're losing some of their because they had yeah. Fly Fogel's a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. They got a listen, few weapons. Listen, I you went from went from a potential uh, a playoff contender to the worst FBS team. I think like they <laughs> For didn't real. they didn't beat a single Power Five opponent, Mm-mm. and they play in the Big Ten. Uh, didn't they beat Western Kentucky? Oh no, Power Five opponent. Oh, sorry, I thought you said FBS. Yeah, I was like, oh, boy. No, Western Kentucky was their was their only win in the FBS. Um. <laughs> IU is a train wreck. Uh, okay, so then every you have, time they think that it's it's depressing for IU. <laughs> every time they're like, ah, no. Uh, I saw something that said IU is only good when catastrophes happen. World War II, they were good, <laughs> and uh, COVID. <laughs> um, so Casey Thompson is going from UT Texas to Nebraska. Eh, Scott Frost making some moves in the portal. Yeah, I like Casey Thompson in Texas. I don't know. I, I think, you know... He was okay. He was decent. Texas wasn't good. Is so. he an upgrade from Adrian Martinez? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Probably not. 
Speaking of which, Adrian Martinez is going to play for the K-State Wildcats. That's a huh? big gift for them. I think I think he works really well with what they're trying to do. They always like their mobile quarterbacks yep. to kind of kind of do it Did all. They have Lester Skyler Thompson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skyler Thompson is a great quarterback. I think he's gone. Uh, like just like senior, he was like a senior. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to declare for the draft to try to get in there. I think he could be a solid uh, third string. Uh, for like the Ravens or something. Listen, he he impressed me of the of the couple K State games I watched, but it's there's it's nothing big. But the reason why Casey, Casey Thompson went to Nebraska and left UT is because of this. We're back. <laughs> Quinn Ewers decided, hey, Ohio State is the biggest piece of trash I can ever be in. I just came here to get my money. Mm. Let me go back home. And I think this just shows that that program is that's it's dysfunctional. It is, um, yeah. I, coach, I like if you're a coach, it's like, how are you going to let a guy come in just to collect a paycheck? And oh my and gosh! Yeah, be like, yeah. I'm and this dead. is this is part of the problem with the NIL. It is what it is, though. Well, what can you do? Well, the issue was is that Texas wouldn't it wouldn't uh, they didn't pass a law that said that Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. could collect, so he goes to a state that allowed him to. And I don't know if he told Ryan Day before, hey, I'm going to be here for one year. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can, we can, you know, you make me better. I'm just here because I, I want to make some money. But I'm leaving. I'm going back home. And you know what? He's like, maybe I'll increase some season ticket tickets for you, season <laughs> ticket sales for you. But. It was interesting because I thought he was going to go to A&M. Because you look at A&M, it's like they're loaded. They are ready. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Turns out he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Texas where they're kind of ass. But they're going to be back. The only other player they have is Bijan. Sarkin Quinn Ewers. That is. Listen. And Bijan. Listen. Come on now. They also have Xavier Worthy, a former Michigan uh, commit. Not even familiar. Yeah. yeah, Um, He was kind of before your time. Yeah. I'm more of a Michigan man. Spencer Rattler. What do you wait? What do you mean? You're more of a Michigan. I just told you about a Michigan Texas, guy. Texas, yeah, yeah, Michigan guy who was at Michigan. Yeah, I know. For, I'm saying I don't know that much about Texas, so like I don't know about like that guy because like yeah, I'm but he was at Michigan. Michigan. Oh, okay, and then he transferred. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, um, um, yeah, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Uh, he went from Oklahoma, obviously being a backup, to the University of Southern Cal- Carolina. That was almost bad. Carolina, good one. Um, <laughs> oh, that South was, Carolina, Southern Carolina. That, that was, you almost, you almost slipped up. You were that close. That was, I, I literally SC, put. I literally you put did it. Did that just so that you wouldn't mess up? Exactly, and, you almost did and it. I almost did. That is that is embarrassing. Yeah. Wow. Clemson yeah, no. fans will always say like, "Oh, they're not the real USC." He went to he went to South Carolina. Uh, he's going to play for Shane Beamer. Mm. I love. I, I think Shane's doing a great job with yeah, the program. I mean, you look at where they were this year. And the whole game, they played really well. They had a grad assistant playing quarterback for <sighs> the beginning of the season, yeah. most of the year. It was. I. I think they're on the up and coming. It's just tough because they play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. They play against Georgia every to, year. Yeah, you're going to have to be Georgia. I think Spencer Rattler is a good start. Um, and I also think Spencer Rattler is an asshole. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah, so fair. I hope he doesn't succeed. But I want Shane Beamer to succeed. So it's kind of <laughs> conflicting there. Um, Isaiah Cox, uh, an amazing player from Ohio University, is gone. He gone. Uh, he's not going anywhere yet, but he's in the portal. <laughs> I just I just wanted to throw that out there because he was the only player from Ohio in the portal <laughs> yeah. uh, that I saw. Uh, Bo Nix is going from the old Auburn, the big old A. Whoa, the best A, the best a in, the, in college football. Mm. That's right. I said it. <laughs> Better than Alabama. Uh, he's going to Oregon. Um, 
if you remember, uh, his first game, folks. Yeah, he threw Auburn, that Oregon through that game-winning touchdown pass. Yeah. I think it was to Seth Williams. Bo Nix, it's like he's like constantly like two years behind. Like he's, last year is like what people wanted his freshman year to be like. Yes. Like he's Carson Wentz. Yeah, exactly. He will he will show you flashes of him being a really good quarterback with, mm. with great potential. And then other weeks he'll throw three picks, and all of a sudden Georgia State is beating Auburn. Yeah. It's like, what? I don't know. Uh, I thought it was an interesting move. Um, he'll he'll be over there with uh, with uh, Dan Lanning, I think is what his name is, yeah. uh, Georgia defensive coordinator. We'll see what Oregon can do. Um, I don't know. They're, they're going to continue to be a top team in the Pac-12 just because – Name recognition. They're affiliated with Nike, so they get they get some of the top guys in that area. But Zach Calzada mm. going from A and M to Auburn. He played well in that Bama game. He did. That was the only game he played well in. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Zach Calzada, uh, but he's going to Auburn, so he will fit right in. Because yeah. Bo Nix and him are very similar players. Not very good. Uh, <laughs> Keaton Slovis decides he's going to take his talents to Pitt. Uh, we'll see where Jackson Dart goes, but yeah, Keaton wasn't great. Uh, I'll say this, his, I think last, or not, not like, you know, the last season, but the year before he was fantastic. And people even thought like, oh, maybe like NFL, Uh they had him in mock drafts, like first round. Well, uh, last year went absolutely miserable. (laughs) So it was not good. It was so bad where, uh, they put Jackson Dart in. Jackson Dart gets hurt. Slovis comes back in and then they opt to put in another guy. Oy. Uh yeah, Slovis literally it was embarrassing, but um he was re- he showed a ton of potential his first year. So I don't know Pitt. You know they're clearly doing something right with how uh, Kenny Pickett developed. So maybe they can maybe they yeah. can get him into something to watch out for. But it's still a big name. Uh, Victor Oluwatimi. Uh, he was a oh of course Victor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this this is this is uh, something I probably wouldn't have known. If I hadn't been a Michigan fan, he was a finalist for the uh, Remington Trophy. Um, Wait, what was that? I think that's the center, <laughs> offensive lineman. He plays center. Um, he'll come in. He, he'll take Vastardis' role. Um, he'll fit in. So oh, that's that, to Michigan. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even see that. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, a, it was a big get for us because our offensive line is going to be extremely inexperienced next yeah. year. Um, we still have Stuber and uh, Keegan. But that's a nice get. Now we have three we starters. Exactly. So now we got now we got uh, two juniors, a uh, senior, and we'll see what happens at the guard positions. Um, oh. You can figure that out. You know, guards are that was a that was a pretty important get, and especially for Michigan, who's not that active in the transfer portal. Mm-mm. But hey, you know what? That's big there, and you know, hopefully, we get more big news with Jimmy H. Stan. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think probably the biggest news of the transfer portal. I don't know if it's the most important, but the biggest, Jake Hayner. Yeah, he, uh, he transferred from Fresno back to Fresno State after yeah. after it seemed like the entire university in, in yeah, Fresno like, area right, turned on you. him. It was we like you. it was like this dude has, has has taken you to lands you haven't seen since Derek Carr and Devontae yeah. Adams, and you're gonna just trash the dude mm-hmm. because his coach left, and he was like, "Yeah, maybe I don't want to be here anymore." Yeah, come on, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I love Jay Kaner. Devastated that the. Coach left, but I'm really happy he's going to be at Fresno. By the way, another Heisman guy. Another Heisman guy to watch. <laughs> he was so good in that UCLA. Like, maybe one of the greatest 
performances by a quarterback. Like ever, like okay. I led. feel I feel like you the you keep like the sticking point is UCLA. You don't really give any other games. Well, yeah, because other games played like shit. <laughs> he did. I'm like I love the guy, but he let me down so much after that game. That the was game? one of the greatest games of my life. That UCLA game, the Hawaii game. It made me want to rip my eyes out. I literally actually like went to bed, I think. Or not even went to bed. Like I just like wasn't even paying attention to the game. And then like I checked ESPN again. They were up like 24 to 10. He was playing fine. And then he throws like three picks or four picks. And they lose. It was so embarrassing <laughs> to Hawaii. Ugh. They won that game there in the conference championship. But they lose it. So. Ugh. Yeah. It's but tough. I still love him. You still, still love him. him. I'm attached to him. He was part of the reason why I won the underdog, you know. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Jesus. Um, that's it. Yeah. Oh, recruiting. Oh, yeah. We already talked about we that. We already talked about recruiting. A&M, they have six five-stars, 19 yep. four-stars, 28 total recruits. That's unbelievable. Top 10 is basically what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Uh, so so what it goes is you have, um, you have A&M, and then you have like 25 points, then Georgia-Alabama, yeah. and then another 15 points, OSU, and then another 20 points, I think it's Texas, Penn State, Notre Dame, like clumped there within – I don't know, 10 points of each other. And then you take that, you go down to like another 20 points, and then it's North Carolina, Michigan, Oklahoma, and that's the top 10. Okay. It, it, but what it is, is the rich getting richer. Uh, Georgia and Alabama continue to be amazing. But watch out for Texas A&M. Georgia got uh, uh, five more five stars in case, you, in case you wanted to know. God. All right. <laughs> it's a great episode, though, yeah. folks. Thank Hope you guys. all caught up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See you.